continuing our series today, C4. And our focus today is going to be on care, how our church offers and demonstrates care to the community in which we, in which we live. And so there's a lot of different ways that we do that, uh, but there is, there is no doubt in my mind that we are, uh, we are a community, and really even larger than that, we are a people who are in need of being cared for. Uh, and the focus for today is that we are to care and we're to engage our culture so that we can bring hope to people. And I really believe this. I believe that we are living in a time where people are looking for some kind of hope. You know, something that they can look forward to. Something that they can hang on to with their lives. Because we know that if we don't have hope, then, it, then it's hopeless, right? And, and whenever you don't have hope, I mean, it's, it's, it's tremendously depressing. And I think that's where a lot of people are in our country right now. We just don't feel like that there is a, a hope for something better, a hope for a future. Now, one thing that I, that I love is I love history. I love to read stories. I love uh, biographies, autobiographies. I love stuff about World War II. And if you know anything about World War II, you know that during what I believe it was 1942, uh, the American soldiers, American army, had to, had to leave the Philippine Islands. Now, when they left the Philippine Islands, there were fi over 500 soldiers that were left behind, and they ended up becoming POWs of the Japanese. And you remember, that's when the, the, the Bataan Death March went on. It was just absolutely horrible. And those men were POWs for over three years. And they, they called themselves the Ghost Soldiers. They felt like that they had been forgotten about. They felt like that they had been abandoned. And they, they were at a place after three years where they were hopeless. They did not feel like they were ever going to be rescued. Well, something interesting happened in 1945. The, the, the General Douglas MacArthur came back. 120 American soldiers and 200 Filipino guerrillas ended up outflanking 8,000 Japanese soldiers. And they were able to rescue the ghost soldiers. And one of the men, Alvy Robbins, said he went up and saw one of, those, one of those prisoners sitting in a corner. And the guy looked, at, looked up at him and he was totally in shock. Could not believe somebody came for him. And he looked at him and he said, I thought you'd forgotten about me. He said, I didn't think anybody was ever going to come for me. And the, and the soldier looked at him and he said, he said, we didn't forget you. He said, we have come for you. He said, you are our heroes and we have come to rescue you. Now, I believe that is what we are in need of today. We are in need of a message of hope. You see, because it's easy to feel like with God, with what's going on in our world, that, that maybe we've been abandoned. That, may, that maybe God doesn't know what's going on here. That God doesn't even care what's going on here. But what we discover as we read through Scripture is that Jesus tells us time and time again. He tells us, I'm going to come for you. And I'm going to come and I'm going to rescue you. And, and I believe that our mission as a church and our mission as believers is we've got to let people know that there is hope. We have to let them know that Jesus is going to come again and that Jesus is going to come in order to rescue people. That's why we're told in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. It says, The old is gone, behold, the new has come. Now, that, does that sound good to y'all? I mean, that sounds good to me, but the question is, how do we relay that message as a church to the people around us? And that's why we're going through this series, C4. C4, it's called C4, Engaging Culture. And we have, we have decided and we believe that God is calling our church to reach out to our culture. And, and our church is, well, there's four different ways that we're going to do this. 
We're going to do it by reaching out in our campuses and the schools around us. We're going to do it by reaching out to our community. It's one of the things we're doing tonight. Uh, we're going to do it through our care ministries and also through our civic responsibility. And, and we're doing these things because we believe that people need to hear a message of hope. And that hope is Jesus is going to come again. Now today in our passage of scripture, Jesus gave his followers a very important mission. And their mission was what I've been talking about. Their mission was to go out and share this message of Jesus and who he is. And that's our mission as well. And, and one of the ways that we do that is through us as a church, we are to care. We are to demonstrate care to our community. Now I know that sounds good, and you might say, well obviously that's what church is supposed to do. But if we're going to say that we're going to do it, then there's some things that we need to know about, about what's involved in caring. When there's some things that we need to know about it. And so that's why today we're going to look in our passage of scripture in Luke chapter 10. And so if you have your Bible and you're interested in following along, we're going to look in Luke chapter 10. We're going to read uh, verses 1 through 9. And so just a little bit of background. At this time, and I've said this a million times before it seems like, Jesus was already known as a, as a great man. I mean, when we're at this scripture, people know there's something different about Jesus. He's an incredible teacher. He's a guy that's able to perform miracles. And so what that meant is that every time Jesus went somewhere, huge crowds would flock around Jesus. So Jesus obviously did not have any problem getting people's attention. But he didn't want to simply just get their attention. He wanted their lives to be changed. He wanted them to live out what he was teaching. And so what Jesus does here in our passage of Scripture is he shares a mission for his followers, and then he gives them assignment to go out to the community and to care. And in our passage of Scripture, he has 70 people that he sends out into, into the community, and he says, I want you to share with the people that I'm coming. And so basically what they did is they went out to all these different communities that Jesus was going to be going through, and they were, it's like they were greasing the wheels, getting the people ready to hear the message of Jesus. And that, that's what we're to do. Guys, we have the same mission. You know what our mission is? Our mission is to grease the wheels for Jesus so that when he comes, people will be ready to receive him. Now let me just share with you a few things that we need to know about caring. But the first thing for us to know about caring is this. Village Church, we are called to care. Do you know that? God has called us to care. I, I want you to look with me in verses 1 and 2. It says, after this, the Lord, Jesus, he appointed 70 others and he sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Jesus' responsibility that he gives to us, he tells us, I am calling you to go out into, into your community and to demonstrate care to them. If you, if you look in verse number one, it says, Jesus appointed his followers to go out. He had a plan of action for them. What they were to do is before Jesus went through these towns, they were to go into the towns ahead of time, and they were to promote Jesus. Village Church that is what we do. That is what we are supposed to do. If we are going to demonstrate care to our community, our job is to go out and to promote Jesus. And we want to promote Jesus because when Jesus comes through town, we want people to be ready to receive him. We don't want them to miss out on the big event. 
You see, our world is filled with hopelessness. And the people in our text, that they felt imprisoned. You know, at the time, they were under Roman rule. They, they, didn't have, they felt like they didn't have any control over their own lives. And some of us feel the same way. And what people need to hear today is that there is a hope that's waiting for them. People need to know that there is a Jesus who has control of all things. It doesn't matter what, what's going to happen tomorrow. It doesn't matter what your health is. It doesn't matter who wins the election. Here's a basic fact we all need to know. God is in charge. God is in control of everything. And we have a responsibility to promote and tell people Jesus will come again. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that kind of excites me. And it excites me because it lets me know that I, that I have a mission, I have a purpose in life that is simply bigger than me. But I think that's what's missing in a lot of, a lot of Christians' lives today and in, the, in, the, in a lot of churches today. See, there are a lot of people who look at the church, and they will look at the church, they'll look at us, and they'll say, I, just, I don't see the point of it. You know, basically what people do is it seems like they come into a building, they gather together, and somebody reads them a Bible story. And then they have a good time, they sing a couple of songs, and they leave, and then nothing else is ever different. And so people can look at the church, and they say, I, I really don't see how it matters, how it makes a difference. And we can feel good about ourselves by doing some good things, but Jesus says, I have a mission for you. He says, matter of fact, that there is a harvest that is outside the walls of this church. That means there are people out there that are in need of hearing a message of hope, and God has called us to go out to them and to care for them for a very simple reason, because God loves people. You know, you know how much God loves people? There's a parable that Jesus told about it in Luke 14, 21. Jesus said, the master of the house told his slave, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the blind, the lame. Master, the slave said, what you've ordered has been done and there's still room. Then the master told the slave, and this is my favorite part, he said, go out to the highways and lanes and make them come in so that my house may be filled. God wants us to care. Because God cares for people. That is our calling. Our calling is that there is a harvest in this world where there are people who are waiting to know that there's something to live for. And Jesus has given us a message to go out to them and tell them about Jesus because Jesus mends brokenness. Jesus heals people. Jesus gives us something to live for. You know, one of my favorite stories in all the Bibles in Matthew 11, 2 through 6, when John the Baptist is about to be beheaded, and he sends his disciples back to talk to Jesus, because he's like, I've been following Jesus, and I'm getting ready to lose my head over it. Jesus, are you really the Messiah? And at the end of the verses that I just told you about, this is what Jesus said. He said, go and report to John what you hear and see. He said, the blind see, the lame walk, those with skin diseases are healed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told good news. That's what Jesus does. And whenever I look in Scripture, I see that we've been called to care. And so the question is this, well, how do we care at Village Church? You know, how, how do we as a people go out into our community and gather people together so that we can see their lives mended and healed? Because that almost sounds too good to be true. But, but what are some things that we do as a church? Well, I'm going to tell you a couple things, and we're going to show you a video of just some examples of how we care. 
care, the way that we care here in our church, some, some of the ways, and I'm not mentioning them all, is one, we, we have a prayer team in our church that's led by Adele Little, and I see some people out here, and you're part of that prayer team. Whenever you write down a prayer request or whenever we receive prayer requests, we have a prayer team that each week will lift up those prayer concerns to God because we believe when we give them to God that God does something about it. Another way that we care in our church is through our V group ministries. And we pray for each other and we love each other. As a matter of fact, a, a few weeks ago, we had a, a couple in our church where, where the husband became ill and the, the lady didn't know what to do. And so she, she texted her V group. Within 10 minutes, a couple of guys showed up at her house to help her get her husband to the hospital. It demonstrated care. Now, how else do we demonstrate care? Well, we have, we have our Haiti missions group. Every year we go down to Haiti and we, we, we build and we teach children down there who, who don't have a good life, but we share with them the good news of Jesus. And, and our, a part of our budget is, is Alex's house that helps pay the salaries of the people that are down there so that they can share the good news of Jesus. And so I just want you all to look at a video just to get, so you can get a glimpse of some of the things that we do as a church that show that we care. I touch this guy when I need the Finally here at your feet again Everything I am Reaching out I surrender Come sweep me up in your love again And my soul in this Now, why do we do stuff like that? It's because we've been called to care. That's what Jesus calls us to do. But there's something else to know. If we're going to care for our community, something else for us to know, and that is this. It's very simple. Caring is not easy. It's easy to say it, but if we're actually going to be a people who care, caring is not something that's easy. In verse number two, Jesus told them the harvest is abundant, but then he says, but the workers are few. There's a lot of people that need to be cared for, but there's not very many workers who are willing to do it. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. Now go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Now that's the part I want to focus on. Jesus says, I am calling you to care. But if you're going to care, Jesus said, I'm going to call you out as lambs among wolves. Now I look at that and I think, well, dude, sign me up. I mean, does that sound like a motivational speech to you all? It's like Jesus is saying, hey, y'all go out there. You're going to be food for everybody else in the world. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about animals, but I know this. Wolves are more scary, are scarier than, than lambs. And so Jesus says, I'm going to send you out like a lamb amongst wolves. And so I think, well, there's got to be a spiritual meaning here. You know, what, what did Jesus mean when he said this? Well, here's what's a little depressing. He meant exactly what he said. You know, the, the world is a mean scary place 
And if we are going to be a people who actually care, let me tell you something, it is not easy. It's not easy. So why does he say that we are lambs? Well, well, here's the deal. It's easier to be a wolf than a lamb, but that's not the calling that Jesus has for his people. And I've shared with you before, there's some really interesting things to know about lambs. Uh, lambs are, you know, whenever they grow up, they become sheep. They, they don't have great eyesight. And so it's easy for them when they're eating to wander away and to get lost and to have no idea where they are. And then they're very susceptible to, to the prey, uh, uh, to the predators. Uh, and then after that, not only that, the only defense mechanism that sheep have to protect themselves is to run away. Now, here's the bad thing. They're short and squatty. And on top of that, they're not fast. So God, it's almost like God says, I'm going to give you a defense mechanism, but it ain't ever going to work. And so you look at that and you think, and God's calling me to be a sheep? Well, that's just one side of the story. You see, that's what happens to sheep when they don't have a shepherd. But when sheep do have a shepherd, there's a different story that goes along with that. Do you know whenever sheep have a shepherd, a shepherd can lead them into fields where they can eat the grass. And they can actually maintain the grass. They can keep it mowed down when they are led to the right spot. Uh, not only that, but sheep, whenever they have a shepherd, and the shepherd takes care of them and he shears them, that their wool can be used for clothing to help others. Now, now, that is what Jesus is saying. He says, when I am your shepherd, he says, I will take care of you. Whenever I am your shepherd, you're going to achieve and do great things. So the question is, well, who's your shepherd? Who's, who's your shepherd? And, and what kind of shepherd is Jesus? Well, the 23rd Psalm gives us a good picture of what kind of shepherd that we have. G, uh, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. So there's nothing I lack. And he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. And he says, even though when I go through the valley, the shadow of death says, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, so here's the deal. Guys, if we're going to engage culture and we're going to care about people successfully, then we better make sure that Jesus is the shepherd. Otherwise, here's what's going to happen. We are going to get eaten up by the world. That's kind of scary, isn't it? It's kind of frightening, but here's the good news. When we follow Jesus, he promises he'll be with us. When we follow Jesus and we, we work in his name, we, we don't work in vain. In Romans 8, 31, it says, If God be for us, who can be against us? It goes on to tell us this. It says, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. It says, We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. But then he says, But no. It says, In all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, y'all, I'm telling you these things because if we as a church, if we're really going to care, it takes guts. If we're really going to care about people, there's going to be some challenges that are before us, but we can face challenges 
with strength because of this. We're told in 2 Corinthians 3.12, Therefore, because we have such a hope, we use great boldness. Christians, we can engage and enter into a dirty and scary world because of who's got our back. It's God Almighty. Whenever I look into the scripture, I see that God has a calling for his people to care. See, he calls us to care, but he lets us know caring's not easy. But then this is the final thing I want you to see. Another thing we need to know about caring is, is caring is urgent. There is an urgent mission for this church to care for our community. I'm going to read to you our final verses, verses 4 through 9. That's what Jesus said. He said, don't carry a money bag, traveling bag, or sandals. Don't greet anyone along the roads. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this household. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will, will, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they offer, for the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't be moving from house to house. And when you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. Now this is a passage of scripture. This is when Jesus sends out the 70 people to go out before him. And it's here that Jesus is giving them the, their assignment. So this is what I want you to do whenever you go out. Now I know that for most of us, whenever we go on a trip, we, we like to be prepared. Right? We, whenever you go on a trip. I, I remember a few years ago, whenever we went to Haiti, uh, we had a guy in our group, Brian Butler. His face was up on the screen. And Brian, when he came, he had this humongous suitcase with him. And so we go down there, and we're like, what in the world? Is I mean, it was heavier than a body. And so we open it up. We get there, and he opens it up. When he opens it up, y'all, it is a candy store. I mean, it is unbelievable. It was jam-packed with candy. Brian said, well, anytime you travel somewhere, he said, you've always got to be prepared. I don't know what he's prepared for, but he's prepared for something. Uh, others of you, I know, I've seen some of y'all whenever you travel. I mean, you bring everything that you've got on a trip because you never know what kind of occasion is going to come up, and you want to have the right clothes whenever you go on a trip. Well, here's what's interesting to me. Jesus says, guys, I, I am sending you out into the community to care. And then Jesus tells them what they're supposed to bring. Well, what are they supposed to bring? Well, well look, in, look in verse number four. If you look in verse number four, it's what Jesus says. This is their packing list. He says, don't bring any money. Don't, don't bring a suitcase. Don't bring shoes. And make sure that you don't stop on your journey to talk to people. Now, I think every guy in here is going, that's exactly how I pack. Okay, so, but, but what, was Jesus, what was Jesus saying here? What was, the, what, what was the idea here? Here is the idea. Jesus told them this because Jesus was relaying to them, the mission you are on, it is urgent. And you don't have time to game plan. You don't have time to sit around and talk about, well, what if this comes up? Or what if I'd like to go over here? Jesus says, you don't have time for that. He said, you just simply get up and you go. Time is ticking away. This is an urgent mission. Villagers, we have an urgent mission. It's to care. Because time is ticking away. Some of you have been on urgent missions before. I've been on urgent missions. I remember whenever, whenever Emily was going to have Hank. And I remember the night when she, when she woke me up. It was around midnight. And she said, I'm getting ready to have this baby. That was an urgent mission. Now, I didn't, I didn't get up and say, with my hair sticking up everywhere, and say, hey, before we leave, do you care if I take a shower? You know, we didn't hop in the car. And I say, I'm a little bit hungry. Do you care if we stop? Well, let's go to Texas Roadhouse and have a little, a little dinner. 
Now, I, I drove as fast as I could straight to the hospital. And within an hour after we got to the hospital, Emily had Hank. That was an urgent mission. Well, whenever I look in our text, I see that the 70 people in this text, they were on an urgent mission, and Jesus said, guys, you don't have time to play. Now, here's the background of the story. This was, this was right before Jesus is going to the cross. And Jesus sent out 70 people to prepare, to prepare those people to receive a message from Jesus. And it was urgent because this was the last time Jesus was coming through. See, guys, we don't have time to play because it's the last time I'm coming through. And this will be the last time these people have the opportunity to hear me speak, have the opportunity to see themselves be healed by me. Because after this, I am going to the cross. You see, our, our mission is urgent because we don't know how much time we have left. We, we don't know if the people we minister to are ever going to get a second chance to hear about Jesus. So we need to be busy about it right now. Because here's the truth. Heaven and hell hang in the balance. The question is, what are we going to do about it? Well, Jesus tells us, he says, you've been called to care. But he lets us know caring's not easy, but he wants us to understand caring is an urgent mission. And so here's my challenge to you and to me. I want to challenge you to join with me to get busy in caring. So what can we do? Well, Village Church, here's the good news. We actually have, after the service is over, you can walk out the door, and there's a care table that is set up out, out there. And you can look at some different ways where you can plug in and where you can get involved in actually caring in the community. Now, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but if you're looking for you, maybe you don't have any ideas right now. There's some ways you can do it at Village Church. We have a prayer team that's out there. I know that one of, the, one of them is a, a welcome home team. Whenever somebody in our church has a baby, and uh, we have a, a team of people that will get, get together that are on that list who will cook meals for people who are, you know, who are in need of meals. Uh, we have a lot of other things that are out there. We have some of our events that, that you can take part of where you can help serve to demonstrate care in the community. So just a lot of different things. But when the service is over, you're like, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to find out more about that. You can do that right back here. Now, I want you to do it because, because of this, because that's our calling. And if we're going to engage this culture in which we live, one of the best ways to do it is by caring. Because when we care, and not just talk about it, but when we care, people are much more open to receive the message of Jesus when they see that Jesus' people care about them. What's our calling? It is to care. Are we going to make a difference? Well, if Jesus is our shepherd, I guarantee you, we will make a difference.